Good morning. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at Delta Dental coversme.com and not just any Tuesday morning the eyes of the nation are upon New Hampshire not only the nation but the world really the New Hampshire primary has finally arrived January 23rd 2024 polls uh, were open in Manchester at 6 and Concord at 7 and uh, I, I expect a, an, an amazing turnout. We have gathered two political experts in studio today. First of all, uh, state representative uh, serving Loudoun and Canterbury, the uh, Honorable Michael Moffat. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Ken. And uh, A.J. Kierstead is here. A.J., a very familiar vo- voice to longtime WKXL listeners and also host of the uh, New England Take, which you can hear where? Uh, yeah, thanks. So NewEnglandTake.com, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. We're on all the social medias. Find us on your favorite podcast platform, too. All, all over the oh, place. Yeah. All over the place. It used to air here on WKXL. Sure did. Maybe we can get it back some, <laughs> someday. If you would sell us the rights, AJ, you know, <laughs> I know it might cost a lot. But at any rate, uh, Michael, what do you think about uh, Mike is a strong supporter. Uh, it's been no secret if you're you know, on, on Facebook of, of Nikki Haley and uh, Nikki swept Dixville <laughs> Notch. Yes. I, she I, shut him out. I stayed up to see that, Ken. and uh, I did, too. I'm from the North Country, Coas County. Uh, not that far up, but uh, yes, uh, she swept. That's the first. Somebody sweeping Dixville Knots, I think. Six to nothing. And yeah. uh, it, uh, she's on her way, it looks like. <laughs> I, I know. I, I think she's going to gather some steam, believe it or not, from those six votes, including Les Otten, a, a one-time partial owner of the Boston Red Sox. And uh, Les, I think, was the first person to cast a ballot uh, last night, or very early this morning, at uh, Dixville Notch. And AJ, you told me you uh, have already cast your vote. I cast my vote this morning. I announced it just just now on my YouTube channel because it, it was tough for me. I, I'm a DeSantis guy, and I'm a policy wonk. I, I'm all about that sort of stuff. So when I see a conservative from Florida coming up and honestly got things done, I was super excited and. Yeah, big old wah, wah, on Sunday when he came out and said, "Nope, I'm dropping out. There's no chance for success." And the the field narrowed, and he voted. He he decided to go with Trump, and I I sucked it up this morning and voted for him just because I think Haley's a mistake. All right, Mike, I want you to rebut that comment. Well, obviously, <laughs> I I feel a little bit differently because I voted for and come out for her, which has invited uh, the inevitable, uh, you know, uh, slings and arrows. But that's that's what you do when you write a column. That's or, right. Or run for office. Got to take a stand. Yep. And most of the folks that uh, are firing the sl- firing the arrows, hopefully, will will stop after today. We'll be uh, friends again. I hope. Uh, yeah, I, I think we need a fresh face. Uh, Desperately, we need somebody younger than 77 or 81. There's a couple of reasons. Uh, the January January 6th thing just hurt, hurts my heart. It always will, yep. and uh, it's something I can't get past. And among many other reasons too, I think Nikki, she was a legislator, a governor, ambassador to the UN. 
quite a resume. And I didn't jump on her uh, bandwagon, so to speak, early on. I was uh, it was the end of October before I endorsed her for whatever that might have been worth. I was the first state representative to endorse her. Uh, there were when Trump got in in twenty twenty two. There were like fifty immediately jumped on the Trump train. All right, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I and I really loved DeSantis too. Mm-hmm. I, I for reasons that AJ mentioned, uh, why DeSantis didn't do better will something that people are still trying to figure out. Um, so I uh, was with Nikki uh, and uh, very interested to see what plays out today. I'm hoping the un- undeclareds and independents uh, show up. Uh, I I saw her three times yesterday with Governor Sununu and and uh, this uh, I, the polls show double digit lead. I I think it's going to be closer than that. Yeah, I think it probably be, uh, it's going to be closer. I would not be a bit surprised if it's closer than a lot of people yeah. think it's going to be. A big thing for me when it comes down to this, or why I think it's really going to be close, the reason why the union leader ended up endorsing Haley this past Sunday also is it has nothing to do with policy. You even said it yourself. It's, this is not a policy issue. This is the candidates and what these candidates are like. Haley does, did, got, the, got the Coke endorsement, got the AFP crew wandering all over the state for the last couple months, getting, getting knocking on doors. Uh, Trump is he's inherently toxic. There's no way around it. He, he, he's a stand-up comedian right, that's a politician. It, 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 there's no policy behind him. Haley has some policies that she's behind, but she's primarily running as not Trump, and kind of, hey, I'm kind of friendly in the middle, which is why Sununu ended up endorsing her. And it, this, it, there was nothing in the union leader uh, editorial about policy. It was entirely, Trump is toxic. We need to get someone that can, in theory, bring people together. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I thought Trump uh, had a very good presidency until COVID came along. Amen. E- everything was going well. And I, I think that's what really derailed Donald Trump. And uh, I think it would have derailed any president. Other presidents might have handled it a little bit differently than he did. But nonetheless, I I think it would have been the demise of any president who happened to be in office at that time. Well, Governor Sununu, his uh, approval rating soared uh, due to because of during COVID, interestingly. Yeah. A lot of people uh, on my side were mad at him about uh, what they thought was an overreaction to covid um, but he uh, beat Dan Feltis, your, your former uh, my co-host here. Your yeah. co-host. Yeah. <laughs> I think he got like 66 percent in 2020, which was a referendum on how people thought he dealt with COVID, despite uh, you know a lot of people being upset that they thought he overreacted. So uh, yeah, but COVID certainly, uh, I agree, can uh, didn't help Trump. Uh, uncharted waters is a whole different situation there with the pandemic yeah uh hindsight's 2020 uh a lot of people are pointing to trump and fauci being so tight uh to trump's detriment now fauci isn't seen as the guru that he once was but yeah can i agree i agree uh, uh covid changed a lot of things including um trump's uh reputation yeah i i, I think honestly if covid had never come along mm-hmm. Trump would still be president. Yeah, to, to this day, it, it comes down to me. I mean, one of the main reasons why Trump versus Haley for me is foreign policy. Mm-hmm. The what we saw with yes, he cozied up too closely with some of these weirdos in Russia, North Korea. There's no way around that. I'd be the first person to say that. When it came to the the fact that we 
now are seeing such an unstable situation in the Middle East, China, Ukraine. I do not trust Haley not to get us get boots on the ground or encouraging our allies to get boots on the ground. I think it, I think Trump is much more isolationist. He uses I wouldn't call it diplomacy, but his personality maybe is the the better way to phrase it to make sure that we don't get into these situations and to keep people nervous because they don't know what he's going to do. Ben Shapiro always says Donald Trump is a hammer. Sometimes he he hits uh, the nail, sometimes he hits the baby. <laughs> like sometimes he he does he does great and getting Putin to be unsure of the situation, I think, held off the Ukraine situation till Biden. Well, I will say when Trump was president, there was never, uh, I don't think, to my knowledge, any bloodshed in the Middle East. Uh, And uh, we were relatively calm around the world, as calm as you could possibly be, I think. Uh, when Trump was president. And I, and I, I don't think we, we would probably have the trouble that we have in uh, Ukraine, you know, for how, how many it's gone on for well over a year now. Uh, what is it? Uh, probably on two, going on two years. Yeah, it's getting close in two years. Yeah. So Ukraine and in the Middle East had it not been for that, that tragic evacuation from Afghanistan yeah. of our troops. And you're, you're a military guy, Mike, a former uh, Marine, lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps. Uh, that, that was just, I think, one of the absolute worst days in the history of this planet. Right. The withdrawal from Afghanistan in August of 21 uh, was painful for most of us. I, I spent some time in Afghanistan in 2010. And uh, it knowing some of the people there and and what we invested in terms of blood and treasure into Afghanistan to to see it uh and uh the way that it did uh was uh was horrible and one one quick comment on Trump uh the Abraham Accords the Middle East I'm not a big Trump fan but I don't think he gets enough credit for the Abraham Accords and and right. what what happened happened in the Middle East on his watch I'll say that yeah no absolutely well we'll continue to uh uh, talk about uh, primary day and and talk about uh, turnout and uh, trends that uh, that we've been seeing over the last uh, few weeks. Right after we take this quick break, Kale and Company live. Glad to have AJ Kierstead in the house and State Representative the Honorable Michael Moffat, USMC retired, and we'll take a break. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We're talking primary on primary day. And boy, I'll tell you, uh, even uh, I went to the Nikki Haley rally on Friday at the Doubletree in Manchester. Governor Sununu was there. Nikki Haley even said, boy, aren't you guys going to be happy when this is all over? No, no more mail, no more calls, no more text messages. Commercials. Uh, commercials. This way, this way. The main reason I'm not voting for Nikki Haley is four mailers a day from Nikki Haley, and then two from Biden saying don't vote for her. You're not the first one to, to say that, AJ. Oh, man, did she flood the mailboxes, huh? Yes. She, she really did. But, you know, maybe in the end it'll, it'll pay off. I don't think there are too many, maybe not even you, Mike Moffat, that think she's actually going to win 
the state, but I think to make a a good representative showing would be very meaningful. I think single digits is uh, how it'll end up. I, I've said on my on my message groups, forty-seven, forty-three, Trump. Uh, of course, I'm emotionally involved with uh, the Nikki effort, and I just uh, am hoping. Uh, but time will tell. I I think it'll be single digits. Yeah. And if, and if it is, that would be, I, I think, a victory for her. Yeah. You know, I, yep. I really yeah. do. I mean, considering where she came in and, uh, you know, in this state when she started her campaign, I mean, a relative unknown. I know she served in the Trump administration and was governor of South Carolina, but, but a relative unknown to most people. I mean, if you follow politics, you know who Nikki Haley is, but uh, if you didn't, she was a relative unknown and she's come a long way. She really has. Now, this ad, it, this is in the uh, Concord Monitor. I'm holding this up to, to camera three. Page B8, full page ad. New Hampshire, we have the power to defend reproductive rights, protect Social Security, and stop Donald Trump. And here's a picture of our, our current president right there who did not put his name on the New Hampshire Democratic primary ballot and aj i'll go to you first why it, not what's what? it goes down to to just just crony cap crony politics just people the the democratic party does not like the new hampshire primary there's no way around it everyone knows that it comes down to demographics and the fact biden is now on top is is the president he does not do well in new hampshire new hampshire sought him for what he is as just the old guard he's the that was on his way out. Like, there's no way around it. He's been running since I was born. I was born in 1987 when he got called out for plagiarism. Uh, it, like, it's it's crazy this guy is on there. It's crazy that we have Trump as the other side, who's almost as old as he is. It, this is a problem. We need the new blood. I agree that that's the reason why I was I was excited for DeSantis and why I understand the enthusiasm behind Haley is is because this guy is running uh, is still running even though he's not running. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as AJ said, uh, Biden has had issues in the past, and in 2020, uh, he finished fourth in Iowa, and he came to New Hampshire, as you said, finished fifth, eight yeah. percent. He left New Hampshire while the voting was still going on, just blew out of here, left his supporters behind, went to South Carolina, and made a Faustian bargain with Jim Clyburn, mm -hmm. uh, which worked out for actually it worked for Biden. He but he had to. Uh, guarantee that he would choose a woman of color as vice president, which which is uh, terrible when you exclude 95% of the potential, you know, for identity politics. Yeah. But that was a deal he made. And, and another deal was to move the first in the nation primary, Democratic primary, to South Carolina. So it, it got, but he turned things around in, in South Carolina in 2020, and it worked for him. He became president, and, uh, but it, uh, wasn't so good for uh, New Hampshire Democrats, for sure. No, it, it wasn't. And uh, now, now the South Carolina Democratic uh, primary is coming up February 3rd, a Saturday. They have their primaries on uh, Saturday in uh, South Carolina. And then the Republican primary is uh, February 24th. So they're three weeks apart. So, you know, if, if Haley makes a good showing here and finishes just single digits behind trump uh, the other pri primary isn't for a month do you, do you lose some momentum i mean if it was next week it might be different but uh, would you lose some momentum now if she's going back to her home state 
in South Carolina, but she potentially could lose that to Trump. Right, and that's a danger. If if you don't do well in your home state, Tim Scott, form, or Senator Tim Scott, yeah. this was up here endorsing Trump, and uh, he was appointed to the Senate in 2010, I believe, by Nikki Haley. Mm. So people like her or McMaster, the uh, governor of uh, South Carolina, the, the South Carolina leaders who you think would know her best are endorsing Trump. That's just a bad look for her. Uh, in South Carolina. But she's tough. She's never really lost an election. She's been the underdog many times in her career uh, in South Carolina. And uh, I, I see her closing the gap, but boy, it's, it's uh, South, I think it's a close primary there, which makes it really hard for her. So if she hangs in through Super Tuesday, if people want an alternative, uh, I don't know if she'll hang in there that long. Time will tell. But uh, right now we've got New Hampshire today. If she doesn't win something in February, she's hosed. Like, I, there's no way she can carry that momentum. There's no way that that Coke, Coke industries are going to be continuing to dump just millions and millions of dollars into a campaign that's not going to succeed in some way. They're just going to pull it back and focus on uh, local elections for the rest of the year. Now, I heard uh, Nancy Mace from South Carolina on an interview yesterday, and uh, she and Nikki are from the same district in South Carolina, and Nancy Mace is supporting Donald Trump. Yeah. The, the Republican uh, establishment yeah, yeah. is for Trump. It, it's it, it's fascinating, politi- just from a political analysis standpoint, to see how the Republican establishment is, is falling right in line behind Trump. And maybe that goes to show, in, in my opinion, it goes to show the old, the old ways of the Bush era and the politics that are, po- politicians that are like him, which is Nikki Haley, it's a page out of that book. The establishment is not for that anymore. And personally, for me, as a libertarian Republican type, um, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I see that on the ground when I with people I speak to. Well, as a Republican type, I like another reason I like Nikki is because in a general election, she by far seems to outperform uh, all the other names, including Trump and Biden are kind of close. Trump seems to pull a little bit ahead of Biden now. Uh, who I don't even know will last, uh, you know, if it's Trump versus Biden, Trump maybe could win. If it's Trump versus almost anyone else in a general election with all the Democrats and the independents who, so uh, from a Republican perspective, uh, we're shooting ourselves in the feet by not going with someone like Nikki who is beats Biden by 17 by yeah. in some polls. So. There's that, but uh, the, the the folks that are that love Trump, uh, they're not always logical or rational or, <laughs> or uh, strategic. I mean, AJ yeah. isn't rational. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rationalizing to myself over here. <laughs> well, not not AJ, but uh, but uh, well, I will say this: I I went to the polls uh, early this morning in Concord in, in Ward Nine, and uh, I I still I. It's a, to the moment I was in that that booth uh, and had the curtain behind me, that I still wasn't quite sure. Yeah. Uh, I voted for Trump four times, four times, yeah. twice in the primaries, twice in the general election, and this time I did not. I voted for Nikki. I voted for Nikki Haley, and only because. And I would not mind seeing Donald Trump serve another term. I would not at all, but I am afraid that he can't beat Biden. I think Nikki has a better shot. 
and, and he's got to go down. He has got to go down. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I, I agree. Uh, all due respect to AJ's, I can tell, is a smart guy and a good guy. And, and obviously, no, no, I mean, he Trump has mm-hmm. is huge support. There's a mm-hmm. lot of wonderful people who who uh, support him. When I say that, I, I hate to use the word cult, but when I say this, it's emotion based. I think that it is for a lot of people. Yeah. They love that he puts on his show. They love that he uh, has his shtick. He, Don Rickles on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. and, and, and that's entertaining to me, too, yeah. to, to a point. But I, I also, I, it, when your big thing is making fun of your en- political opponents and talking about polls all the time, uh, it's uh, entertaining, but it, it also, I think, diminishes us, I think, and, and it uh, yeah. troubles me. And that's the reason why I keep saying I just suck it up and make it and make myself do yeah. it. And I literally was at, at on the, looking at the ballot going, is this definitely what I want to do? What am I going to tell my kid if this this idiot does it? Make it up and get in when the general, because I do have serious concerns. I think he's toxic. He's terrible for our politics, but um, I'm just concerned from a policy perspective. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not worried about his policies. I, I yeah. just want to see either Donald Trump or Nikki Haley get elected, and preferably Nikki, because she doesn't have all the baggage. Exactly, yeah, yeah. and you took the words out of yeah. my mouth. <laughs> Wasn't that a song? Wasn't that a meatloaf song? One? We'll take a break. Michael Moffat is here, state representative, and A.J. Kierstead from the New England Take and the New Hampshire Department of Insurance right now. And uh, we always love the insurance segments, the first Tuesday of every month. In fact, uh, we'll have one uh, next Tuesday. That's right. We'll take a break. Kale & Company continues here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We're talking primary today, first in the nation primary underway. Concord polls open till 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, Manchester, how late do they open? They open till, uh, I, I think, 7 as well. They opened at 6. They open an hour earlier. But at any rate... Uh, we should be getting an idea sometime, I think, around 8 o'clock. Uh, 6 to 7 in Manchester. It's 6 to 7, okay. And uh, I think Nashville's open a little bit later than that. But at any rate, uh, the primary is underway. As we know, Nikki Haley swept Dixville Notch, all six votes. A harbinger. Uh, that's right. A harbinger. <laughs> it could be. It, it could be because I think there were a lot of people like me, and I honestly didn't know – Whose name I would circle or fill in little dot on the ballot, of which there are 25 Republicans. You have to sort through it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I'm just, I just to find how many people find, are on to, there. To find the name of the person you want to vote for. And there's 21 on the Democrat side. Yeah. So uh, it, it, now we were talking a little bit uh, off the air uh, about, you know, and I've, I've said this many times on, on the air. It's, it's no revelation. How can the Democrats let Biden run again I, I i don't get it biden harris biden harris yes and that that makes it double, that's double trouble right there i don't know how they can do it i don't understand it all in the very least dumping harris from and putting someone else in there that could at least do something instead of being i thought 
Biden was a gaffe machine during his VP days. Good God, every time Harris gets in front of people, space, space. It's like the meme where it's like space is the mind-blowing guy. It's like, this is, how is this person allowed to speak? It's unbelievable. We were talking about the fact that, you know, all right, if it wasn't Biden, who would they run? Who would they want to run? And we talked about Gavin Newsom, governor of California. And and the, the wild card is Michelle Obama. She's been floated as well. With no political experience. I know she was the first lady for eight years, but, you know, she... You know. I don't think she will be in the mix. Uh, people like to say that. It's like in 1980. I know it's before AG. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Ken may or may not... I think Ken was around there in 1980. Oh, oh yeah. Ted Kennedy. <laughs> Car- Carter was unpopular, and everybody, a lot of Dems said, Ted Kennedy, Teddy Kennedy, uh, the Kennedy name. And so Kennedy came in, and Carter kicked his butt. Uh, and so I think it would be similar dynamic with Michelle. Uh, a lot of She's very appealing to a lot of people for a number of reasons. Uh, I don't think she'll get in. And if she did, uh, I think that her negatives would it steadily rise like happened in 1980 with Ted Kennedy. At least with her, I mean, she is, you know, an articulate person. She's articulate. Uh, uh, she's got a JD. Uh, uh, she's been involved in community organizing. I think it would be a real problem for, uh, and the, I guarantee the DNC would back her. Like, I think if she decided to run, it would be really bad for anyone currently that's a Democrat in office for having a chance. I, I think it'd be a problem. I think it would be toxic for a lot of people in the middle, based off a lot of the things she said in the past about our country. Right. But I think she should be formidable. But I also don't have the historical context necessarily some other people. And, and she would have the large backing of Oprah. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah, you, and you don't discount that. <laughs> a little bit. A don't bit. discount that. It, and by and Obama still has a lot of sway with the, with establishment Democrats. So there's and he would definitely, I guarantee, support that. And they're they they've got a handle on the media industry right now with all their Netflix things they're doing. They they could put out a hell of a lot of commercials that look professional documentaries on her yep. and her journey. Um, I mean, I, I unfortunately had to read Obama's book, Dreams of a Father, for college because I went to Franklin Pierce, uh, <laughs> that terrible book. Uh, but it, they, they both came from community organizing and getting people to, to in Chicago, which is known for ha- hammer down, we're going to be doing this. Yeah. And she would definitely, I think, bring that to the stage. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think she would be a very formidable candidate. Yep. There's no question about that. But we talked about look at the depth of the Republican bench. I mean, there are you know we we saw them on display here in here in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. and the Republicans have a great bench, and there are a lot of Republicans who did not make a run uh, that are still very much uh, qualified. But that is not, and, and you know, I make no bones about the fact that I am a Republican. But you look at that Democratic bench; who do they have? Yeah. Pete Buttigieg, his name <laughs> comes up, but I don't. I think his tenure as transportation secretary so has <laughs> been checkered, and uh, I, I think he's got other baggage as well. He did do well in the New Hampshire primary he four did. years yeah. ago. Um, and he has uh, – he's very glib, speaks very well, but uh, if he's the best that they have, uh, that's, that's a bummer, I think, for all concerned. 
Yeah, no, no, yeah. it is. I, 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 I still, I, I've always maintained since day one uh, after after Biden won, uh, and he he even said himself, I believe that he was a, a one-term president. Yeah. I think yeah. yeah I think what happened to that? Been, been quoted that? as saying that he still could be. Uh, let's keep our fingers crossed <laughs> one way or the other. Uh, but uh, I, I just cannot conceive of, of you know the way that he is really. In my opinion, is it too strong a term to say he's destroyed this country? He really has in many ways. The inflation piece of it, I think, is the worst. And also Social Security, that's something that Trump's been hammering Nikki on. Well, Trump is a former Democrat, and he's got this Democrat talking point about we don't touch Social Security. Well, it's, it needs attention and adjustment, and uh, Nikki has enough courage to, to, to say that. Uh, that's what we need. It's. Uh, I think what we need is a commission to a bipartisan commission to take on Social Security, like mm-hmm. like with base closing. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example of uh, these old people, uh, and I guess we're old too, except for AJ maybe. But <laughs> when, when someone's around eighty, they're not going to worry about spending uh, right. and inflation. They want to have short term. Uh, you know, reward politically by dumping billions of dollars, which, which uh, Biden did into the economy, which I knew we knew would be inflationary. Does Biden care? No, he's going to be gone soon. Does he care about Social Security? Same with Trump. Yeah. Uh, they're not. They're not going to be around. Now, now Nikki's just turned fifty-two, and uh, just turned. Yeah, it was just it, over the weekend. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and uh, and so you know she's has the courage to say we've got to talk about this and and and. Try to make it better. Uh, Trump and Biden won't do that. Yeah, I no. think a lot of this comes down to to the parties, to the establishment parties being a problem. It's I, I have an anti-establishment bent to, that I make very well. Known. Come on, imagine Come on. that if anyone's listening to my show for more than five seconds. Um, I think it comes down to the RNC and the DNC do not promote the young up-and-comers. They do not have a solid focus in building up the future generations, the stranglehold that New, Ham- the NH- the New Hampshire Democratic Party has. Um, I feel like the, the Republican Party in this state does a better job with kind of promoting the younger crew. I think that's part of the grassroots movement, the free staters and everything like that. It's done a great job of bringing fresh blood in. in. And the DNC, the uh, New Hampshire Democrats don't do as good a job. And the national level, we need that. We need the RNC leadership to stand up and say, hey, we want a Tim Scott, we want a Nikki Haley, we want the, these people that maybe are very different politically from each other when it comes to certain policies, but we just need new people. We need, we need the, um, the organizational and advocacy arms of, the, of these parties to actually promote fresh blood so we're not having these, where so many people are in their late 60s in Congress, and we have people at least in their 50s. I'd, I'm not for the 20-somethings. Be it being in, in Congress, I think that you need to get some life experience before you do it. This one of the problems I had with AOC, let alone her policies that she votes for. It, we need to promote people, my generation, the millennials, the young Gen Xers, to actually be able to get to Congress and get things done so they have that next step up to the executive branch. They have the next step up to be the next governors. That's what I liked about DeSantis. He's young. He's in his early 50s. He was able to... He brought different things to the table that people didn't consider. And he, he was hugely successful, in my opinion, during his governorship. So one of the things that uh, Nikki Haley is in favor of is term limits. Yeah. Uh, where do you, Mike? Where do you come down on, on term limits? 
Uh, I'm not really big on term limits because uh, you lose a lot of institutional knowledge when you make someone leave. I, I understand the desire for them and, and the career politician thing. Uh, so I have mixed feelings, but I, I, we talk about term limits in New Hampshire, and we have, we have elections for that. That's all I see. Yeah, I want to jump in the next segment on that. No, okay. All right. <laughs> That's a little radio tease, folks. AJ will weigh in on term limits right after these words. So glad to have Mike Moffat, state representative, representing uh, Loudoun and Canterbury, and uh, retired U.S. Marine, and A.J. Kierstead from the New England Take and the uh, New Hampshire Department of Insurance, which will be here next Tuesday. Always look forward to the first Tuesday of the month with someone from the uh, New Hampshire Insurance Department with us in studio. We'll take a break, and then we'll wrap it up. We're heading down the home stretch. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We are live. And a lively conversation this morning uh, concerning our first-in-the-nation primary and other topics uh, as well. And uh, most of the polls will be open uh, until at least uh, 7 o'clock tonight. So please get out there and exercise your constitutional privilege to vote for the candidate of your choice. And uh, before the break, uh, A.J. wanted to say something about Term limits, so AJ, fire away. Yeah, so I definitely understand people not being for like you, like you were saying, Representative Moffat. It's, I think it should be a very long amount of time. Like I think it's perfectly fine for a senator to have four terms, something like that. Where they're in for eighteen years, fine. But it seems like that's they're not having a self-imposing. I agree. Like we talked during the break, the self these should be a self-imposed deal. But because they're refusing to, I I I totally the reason why I'm saying such a long. So many terms should be allowed is because we don't want to have the lobbyists take over. Obviously, we don't want to have that the dark money just totally take over because it's already toxic enough. But if it's over such a long amount of time, my hope is because they know there's going to be an end to it, mentorship takes over, and hopefully their staffers, their junior senators, they're able to find people at the state level that can be that future leadership because we're seeing such a <coughs> toxic level of um, of politicization and. Uh, just money going into the pockets of these politicians that they're not bothering to because why would they? there's no reason for them to mentor the next generation and is someone in my generation seeing seeing what's happening i am like okay so we're gonna have a toy we're gonna move from these people that have been in forever to people who have no experience because we're missing an entire generation of most of the gen xers will never be able to see public office at the federal level because they're not going to be they're not going to be uh, have the activist spark in them. We're going to have Gen Z and Millennials be the next generation. I think that's terrible. We should have Gen Xers have a lot of have have the representation. Uh, I'm not the DEI crew saying it needs to be percentages or anything like that, uh, but that mentorship just is not happening. And I don't know. I don't know another way to fix it personally. Michael Moffat is here as well, state representative representing uh, representing Canterbury and uh, Loudon. That was AJ Kierstead and. Uh, Michael, how large of a role? Let let's just assume uh, that it's going to be Trump against Biden uh, for the election in in November. How large a role 
does the media play? I remember last time around in, in, in 2020, uh, right maybe a month, six weeks before the election, the Hunter Biden laptop story uh, got out there. And, and some media, not certainly not all media, uh, I know the New York Post ran with it, uh, Fox News, the Boston Herald, but the liberal media never, ever covered the Hunter Biden laptop story. Sure, that's a great example of uh, liberal media bias, and, and uh, now we know it should have been covered. Uh, the media has a bias against Trump. It's obvious. Yep. It's documented. It's everywhere. But that said, uh, the liberal media, most media is progressive or liberal, whatever you want to say, uh, they love to cover him because uh, he gets viewership. And so it's a uh, symbiotic relationship. Uh, between the media and Trump. Trump gets a ton of free media, free media, name recognition. And when they're unfair to him, there's backlash that helps Trump. So uh, the Trump media relationship is fascinating. Uh, They hate him, but they promote him. And and he benefits from it. Free media. He does, but they do suppress him to a certain extent because he was giving his victory speech from Iowa last week and MSNBC, they, they showed him, but they didn't allow, you know, the, the audio of it. They talked right over his audio of his acceptance speech in Iowa. It's the manipulation. It's total manipulation on both sides of it, where they realized they screwed up big time in 2016. So they try and overcompensate and do something that's tremendously unethical and not showing, at least to some extent, what, what this person who's, who's running for president. I don't care how many criminal charges he's got against him. He's the front runner right now in the polls. He, people should know what whether good or bad and be able to make a decision for themselves. I, I pray for the end of the cable news media because it is, it's in the pocket of pharmaceutical industries and the DNC. Yeah. Well, this is the information age. And so, yeah, there's a lot of unfair liberal bias in a lot of places. But there are so many platforms. AJ's got one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm on – I have social media and a yeah. blog. And, and uh, so there are ways to, to get information out and to find information, mm-hmm. even if the mainstream media is what it is. So great great question, Ken. But, but most people only pay attention to the mainstream media. Most people – it's a generational shift. I yeah, think, I think it'll yeah. be. It's, um, it's going to take another ten years. It, just my rough estimation before it really transitions. But right now, it's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing, independent. So I, it's I love being on WKXL. It's awesome to have that platform. I just don't have the time as my side gig to be able to do the, do the time it takes to have a regular show on there that's full length. But you see breaking points with what uh, and uh, what they're doing when they left the hill and went independent. When you look at what the Daily Wire is doing, when you see what um, uh, Crooked Media is doing with their programming on the left, um, you, you see Vox Media was an offshoot of the old guard, and they're failing. Vice, they're on the way out. They're failing. That Zoomers and millennials are s- sick of it. They're seeing what is on X. They're seeing what's on Facebook and LinkedIn and such, getting their, most of their news from that. We need to support local journalism, and we need to support these independent outlets, in my opinion. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Can you only imagine uh, over the last uh, four years if Donald Trump had been president of the United States and let's just say, for example, Donald Trump Jr. created all the chaos that Hunter Biden has created uh, <laughs> over the years. What a difference there would have been 
in media coverage of that as compared to Hunter Biden. Absolutely correct. You're you're, you're right. Uh, no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at what RFK, where he is. We, we haven't talked about it at all, and we don't have time to really dive into that too much right now. But uh, he is where he is because he popped on every podcast he could possibly imagine from uh, comedians to news outlets that were honestly that would that would take him and he would do extended conversations it's the joe rogan model i think the joe rogan model is the path of the future where people are going to sit down for 45 minutes to three hours and have honest conversations with with the future leaders of this country well this is an honest conversation today that that's that's good and that's what radio is all about what yes. what the media should be uh, all about whatever happened to rfk jr He's gone independent, yeah. so yeah. he's not on the ballot. I uh, wish he would have stayed in the Dem ballot. It would have been interested in it would have been, yeah. what, what he would have come up with for votes. 1968, uh, his dad got in the race uh, after LBJ was kind of pushed out by the New Hampshire primary results. Yeah. Uh, some re- would have been some real uh, parallels. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. So uh, in, in the couple of minutes we have left, and that's about all we have, this hour is just... Uh, flown by. What, what is the future uh, of the New Hampshire primary, in your opinion, Mike? Yeah, real quick, Ken. I think uh, the New Hampshire primary is, is, uh, is solid. I know the Dems did what they did, but the fact that the Dems tried to kill it and uh, they weren't able to, our law keeps it first, uh, it flourished on the Republican side. You, you need a small purple state to go first. You can't have a big state. You can't have a Rhode Island or a blue or a red state. New Hampshire's perfect. Have the history. Uh, and, and real quick, demographics. I know the Dems criticize the demographics of New Hampshire being too white. So the, now their first primary is in South Carolina where over 60% of the Democrat electric, uh, electorate is uh, African-American. That's not exactly the face of uh, American demographics either. So anyway, there's that. Yeah, I, I'm hopeful for, for the first in the nation. I'm hoping the DNC realizes the error of their ways and the positive PR they would get if they decided to put it back first. Can you imagine how, how great that would look and how it would elevate the New Hampshire Dems as much as I don't want them to be? <laughs> like, I, I think it, it would be it'd be great for them. Uh, but as, as long as Biden is, is leading that party, that's not going to happen. Fortunately, the Republicans took it very seriously and it become, once again, from a PR perspective, public relations, it looked great for the Republicans because they decided to say, no, the Dems are doing something anti-democratic. This belongs here. And I agree, small purple states I definitely should be first from a primary perspective. It'll be interesting to see what happens another four years from now, yeah. if it's either Trump or Biden uh, in the White House. Uh, perish the thought on the, on the latter uh, anyway. Uh, but if it, if it turned out to be one of those two, uh, it would be a wide-open primary on both sides uh, of the aisle because neither could serve another term. Yeah. Well, if Biden wins, uh, will Trump run again in four years? It's a very good question. <laughs> it's a very good, scary question. That it's been, If he doesn't win, I'm terrified of the dialogue for the next four years. I don't know what's worse, him being in office or not being in office. I, it, I hear you. It, it's a scary thought. All right, I just want a quick Quick prediction now. When we go to the polls in early November to vote for the next president of the United States, will Joe Biden be the Democratic nominee? I've said no for a long time. Uh, God bless him. I hope his health holds up, but I say no. I think he will. I think he's going to have an IV and hold the stand in there next to the ballot and make sure we're all voting. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I think his AI voice sounded exactly. better than his real voice. <laughs> For everybody who got that phone call the other night. AJ Kierstead, Mike Moffat, it's been a, a great hour. Thank you both for being with us and uh, lending your expertise to the program. Much appreciated and always uh, both of you welcome uh, on this show. Thanks, Thanks much. That'll do it for this edition of Kale and Company. Thanks for being with us on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. If you missed it or want to hear it again, tune in tonight at 7 o'clock. And folks, remember, always look on the bright side of life and get out and vote. Thank you.